Chag Sameach. Small question for everyone. Talk about it for a few minutes. Probably one you've heard before, but that's okay. There's always something new in the Torah. So we're here celebrating the holiday of... Right, that wasn't the question. That's just getting our bearings. And why? Because it's in the Torah. Okay. So what's, what are the Sukkot meant to be? Now, this is a famous, famous means I've learned it a few times, but a famous question, right? When God says, why, we, why do we build huts in our backyards or our driveways or on our rooftops if we're in Manhattan? Why do we do it? Because it says in the book of Aikra, Ki basukot hoshavti, right? God says, I made you, I caused you to dwell in Sukkot, and that's why we build uh, the little huts on our property. Uh, growing up in Wisconsin, we had uh, neighbors that did not appreciate the sukkah being built on the yard. And uh, I remember, this is, I'm stealing the story. It actually happened to my friend Natan. But that, uh, so Natan's family woke up one morning to a, uh, a ticket on their sukkah from the city for an unauthorized building project because the neighbors had like called the city planner on them. So why do we do all of this? So we do it because God says, shavti. I caused you to dwell in Sukkot. And Rashi, one of our commentaries, drawing on the rabbinic sources, says that these Sukkot are actually ananei kavod, right? Which, which means clouds of kavod, of glory, of honor, of something, right? And this was built off of a midrash that as the people were going in the desert, yeah, the desert is um, uh, cold at night and scary all the time, and there's nothing really there to build shelter out of. So the Midrash says that God made divine clouds of glory rest on the people. They would sort of just lie down on the ground to go to sleep, and these clouds would descend and keep them warm and scorpion-free all night, and then in the morning they would go away. And that is what our Sukkot are meant to represent. Then along comes Rashbam, one of Rashi's grandkids, and says, no, 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 <laughs> grandpa, no. They are Sukkot Mamash. Sukkot Mamash, which means actual booths, right? Actual sukkahs, still keeping the idea that this is about what our ancestors lived in in the desert, but Rashbam's reading is, it's not about mystical clouds of glory. It's that the Israelites had with them, you know, PVC pipe and canvas and schach mats or whatever it was, and they walked through the desert, and when they decided it was time to stop, they would build a sukkah, they would sleep there till it was time to move on, and then they would go. So do we understand the debate? Because that's what we're going to talk about for a few minutes. So the question is, is the sukkah in my driveway meant to remind me of mystical clouds of God's loving protection or actual booths that our ancestors brought with them in the desert? We understand the question. I should think of a better check for understanding, but my wife, the educator, I didn't ask you about this one, so sorry. So, okay, let's do a, a show of hands. Who thinks it's mystical clouds of glory? Okay, who thinks it's a representation of the actual booths that our ancestors went in the... 
Fascinating. Fascinating. Okay. So, uh, and you know what? I can't resist. Anyone want to shout out a reason why? Anyone who went mystical clouds of God's glory and love? Anyone want to shout out why? I, I promised myself I was not going to do this. Well, obviously the answer is going to be both. And like, that's the, come on. I mean, what is, <laughs> which, is, which is, you know, we're Jews. It's going to be both. But okay, who wants to give an answer for mystical clouds of glory? You can shout something out. You're like, no, we were just raising our hand. That's fine. That's how God presented himself. Okay, what was the other one? Why would it matter? Also a good question whenever a rabbi gets up to talk. Um, okay, anyone, anyone want to shout out something for Sukkot Mamash? It's actual representation of the built dwellings our ancestors slept around with them in the desert? Okay, great, great. Yeah, Alan. Ah, someone's cheated and you've read the book. You were going, okay, so it's, there, we do similar things in other holidays of ours, right? This is the bread of, bread of affliction that our ancestors ate. Okay, great, great. So there's a couple of different commentaries that try to solve this. And again, we're going to just talk for a couple of minutes. So um, a rabbi known as Kli Yakar, um, uh, Ephraim of Lunchitz, writes that it is mystical clouds of glory, and he proves it linguistically. He says, if you look, right, it says, Ki basukot hoshavti, right, the, the, which is, uh, uh, professors, it's the, grammat- it's, the, it's the causative, right? It is, I caused them to dwell in these sukkot, and had it meant just dwellings that they brought around that anybody in the area that everyone was using, it would have said Kiba Sukkot Yeshvu. They, just, they dwelled because they did it. So if the fact that God is causing the dwelling must mean, says Kliakar, that it's mystical clouds of God's protection and glory, not just the stuff that they schlep around. Maybe we agree with him, maybe not. Jonathan Nadler, rabbinic intern, is not impressed with the Cleocar. No? You just don't like it? You want to say why? Great. 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 I love that. So I'll repeat it for everyone who couldn't hear slash on Zoom, right? That you can salvage the read of Hoshavti, God caused it, just by saying God caused them to bring with them all the stuff, they would, the canvas and wood or whatever that they would need. The, yeah, the Sukkah Project carrying bag, right, that they would need with them in the desert. Which, by the way, is, is I think, an interesting way of thinking about this because what we're going to get at is our theology for today. And if we think that the Sukkahs that we sit in today are a representation of God's protection because God caused us to dwell in that protection before, it actually becomes a somewhat depressing reminder that God is not causing that right now. Right? That we're looking and we're thinking, well, I had to build that sukkah. Right? It's not something, God didn't just 
drop a mystical cloud of protection on my home. And so there's, it's, it's actually somewhat of a sad reminder, unless we go with a theological of God is sort of behind it a few steps, right? Great. We're going to look at one other thing to try to solve this question. And this I'm actually uh, from a teaching of David Kramer's, a professor at JTS. So let's look at the halakha of Sukkot for just a second. And we can do random access learning on this one. Who wants to shout out some halachot, some laws of Sukkot that we know? You got, okay, we got, some, we got some rules about the walls, right? We're going to go broad here. We got a couple of rules about the, law, the walls. We got lots of rules about what? The schach, yeah, what say that? What, right, okay, the laws of schach are what it's made out of, where it goes, how much it can cover, how much you can see through it, how much you can, how much shade there is, how much shade there isn't. Love it. What else do we know about Sukkot and the laws? We know, so there's a little bit about the walls. What, anything else? How high it has to be. Right, now how high it has to be is, is a good one because what's the concern there? We're getting real nitty and gritty, and I couldn't be happier. What is the concern there? The concern is, if the walls are too high, then what's the problem? I'm going to be sitting in the shade of the wall, not in the shade of the schach. That's the problem, right? That, and that's also why you can't be under a tree, or you can't be next to something that's really tall. And again, right, for some of us, the only option was sukkah in the air shaft of our giant apartment building, and that's okay, we do with what we can. But the idea is that the schach has to be the thing offering the shade. Anything else? Here's a couple of favorite ones. If... Uh, if schach falls in your soup, what do you get to do? First of all, you should, generally one should eat in the sukkah. If schach falls in your soup, you're allowed to leave. Right? You don't have to stay in the sukkah if there's pine needles in your pumpkin soup, unless that's the garnish that you intended to have. The other one is, if it is cold or if it is raining, Right? If it is raining in your sukkah, you are allowed to leave. Right? And a great story, I guess a friend of mine, we were in college, we're all sleeping in the sukkah because we're super cool, and it starts to pour. We get up, and my friend Ezra, we say, you know, you're supposed to leave. The, the Gemara actually says, um, uh, only a, a, a fool sleeps in the sukkah when it's raining. And he said, I'd rather be a fool in a sukkah than not in a sukkah. And he definitely woke up with a cold the next day and was out. And we said, okay. But all of the laws here seem to tell me that it is actually about God's protection. Right? And the Shulchan Aruch, I cheated, I read it. The Shulchan Aruch himself says that the Sukkot is meant to represent Ananei Kavod. Because if it's cold and freezing and your soup tastes bad, it's a crummy representation of God's love and protection. It would be a great representation of what our ancestors went through back in the desert, right? You would say, great, yeah, it should be cold, it should be hot, it should be, the wind should blow through, it should fall down, it should, because that's what our ancestors went through. But if the point is this is meant to represent God's mystical protection, then it has to feel nice. It has to be perfect. It has to be shady. So, if we go with what our commentaries seem to suggest, that it is meant to represent God and God's protection. 
what do I do with that as I'm sitting in my sukkah for the next few days? As I'm sitting there, I'm not maybe thinking like, oh, this is so nice and let's remember all the ancestors in the desert. I'm thinking about how nice it is to be in my sukkah, how nice it is to be able to have a sukkah, how nice it is to have a sukkah out here, wherever you find a sukkah. I'm thinking about all of the myriad of things that went into building it, the people who got it to me, the people who built it, the people who helped pay for it, whatever it is, I'm thinking about all the steps that caused me to dwell in this sukkah and appreciating those, right, for the divine protection that it might be. Or I'm spending my time in my sukkah thinking about how I can experience God in the world. This is a hard thing for us to talk about, and we don't do it often or often enough. But what does it mean to see God or feel God present in your place, in your life? And I would argue that this is another reason why we have Sukkot. Because it is very hard to feel God's presence in your living room or your kitchen or your dining room. Because you're, you've got a lot going on. You're looking around. You're, oh, i got to fix that thing. Oh, i got to prepare that. Oh, I forgot to clean here. Oh, i got to do it. Right? There's a lot. So maybe by building these special huts outside of our regular space, we create a space that is entirely meant for holiness and for gathering and community. And we're creating a space in our lives where we can, in fact, feel God's presence where normally we can't. So over the week to come, Sit in your sukkah. If you don't have a sukkah, come to our sukkah here. It'll be open all week. Or give me a call. Come to our sukkah in the driveway. I promise it's uh, lovely. Um, but take some time and see if you can experience whatever divinity feels to you to get out of the mundane and the normal and find God's presence, God's clouds of glory in our lives. Chag Sameach, friends.